Okay, April 21st edition of the Come On Now MMA podcast. Going to open up um, speaking about PFL. Yesterday, PFL announced that it was going to um, shut down the 2020 season and uh, jump back into things in 2021, but that the fighters who were on contract or are on contract were going to receive a stipend um, to help them out during the the shutdown uh, due to the coronavirus and COVID-19 pandemic. That news was greeted um, widely. Uh, it was a popular decision. I, I think it's safe to say everybody, I didn't see any negative comments on that. Um, so it was a good move. I celebrated it. I said that it was the right thing to do. And I don't think anyone would disagree that it was the right thing to do. Uh, the, the fighters aren't going to be able to compete because of uh, a pandemic. And obviously out of the, that's out of their control. And so PFL said they were going to step up and pay the fighters a stipend. And that was all well and good for about 24 hours. And then uh, I think it was MMA Brazil or something of that nature uh, uh, announced that that there was a report that PFL was going to release a bunch of fighters. Um, that has been confirmed, it seems. And PFL uh, CEO Pete Murray talked to fan cited today about the cuts he wouldn't give a number but he said two-thirds of the roster was going to remain um, and that I'm going to assume that those folks will get the stipend but kind of a kind of a shitty move to one day announce that you're going to pay folks a stipend with the cancellation of the season, and then the next day have it have people find out. Well, we're going to release a bunch of fighters, and also we haven't. Um, it sounds like they haven't told those fighters yet. So uh, that's something that was handled poorly. If you're going to one day say there's going to be a stipend provided, and then the next day we find out that. There's going to be fighter cuts, and they might not know that they're going to be cut. So, that's a that's a that's a crappy thing to do. You're gonna um, tell someone now they're expecting that they're going to get a stipend, and the call they receive might be that um, thanks, but we're going to release you. So, not handled very well at all. Um, if these things were going to happen, the whole picture should have been painted from the get go. Uh, it it so it it but the what the release is it just it it really takes any positive away from the well it doesn't take all of it but it takes the majority of the positive of away from that the stipend was is going to be provided so um, I can't say I'm as happy or as satisfied as I was with PFL's actions 24 hours ago I think they handled this in the big picture poorly could have been handled much better and I think 
transparency is always the best. Um, if if you have to release fighters because the money's not there, um, so be it. Be honest about it. it. It's better to be honest and deal with that than to deal with the, the blowback and, and people thinking that you were trying to get one over on them or hide something from them. So PFL botched it. They really botched it. They could have looked good. Um, they could have looked better than the UFC does right now. Uh, but it was just a, a crappy thing to do all the way around with the uh, with the releases and the announcement of the, uh, the stipend. Not handled well. Another thing I'll add is I'd be very interested to see which fighters are going to stay on contract and how many of those fighters might be managed by uh, Ali Abdelaziz uh, because there is that history of shadiness between WSOF and PFL and Abdelaziz. So hopefully that this was handled fairly and evenly and we will find out who was released and if we're lucky, we'll find out what the process was on that decision, um, who who decided and how they decided to to cut the roster down. So something to really keep an eye on to see how this was handled. And I would hope that even though the UFC is always going to get the majority of the play in the media, this is uh, this is not something that can be or should be ignored or not followed up on. This is really important to uh, to find out um, the whole picture and and get it out there. So really something to keep an eye on and, and don't forget. Um, so speaking of pay, I want to give a shout out to Peter Barrett um, who got a deal off the third season of Dana White's Contender Series and he was supposed to fight on April 25th but he is not going to because the card was canceled due to the, the pandemic and he spoke to MMA Junkie on Saturday and it was surprising his honesty um, considering he has yet to fight for the UFC officially on the pay situation. And I want to just uh, look at some of the things he had to say. So he said, um, what, we, what would really be awesome is if they talked about some compensation about the 40 guys who were getting ready to fight up until the week before UFC 249 got canceled. We all had contracts and dates signed. We put the work in. We were sacrificing relationships. We were telling the government and local municipalities to screw off. We were still training. We were still getting outside, getting road work. A lot of guys are probably still training in small groups behind closed doors. Obviously, me being a debuting UFC guy, my voice doesn't carry much weight. I think compensation for those two cards needs to be a conversation. Don't just push the cards up to a later date. We signed contracts for the 19th. We signed contracts for UFC 249 and UFC on ESPN Plus 31. 
those two cards we were training for until last week. We were cutting weight until last week. So this is, uh, like I said, it's refre refreshing. Um, this, this, uh, he uh, spoke up, spoke honestly, um, and he's right. His, his voice probably isn't going to carry much weight, but it should. Um, fear is, a, is, a, is one of the way, main ways the UFC keeps its roster in check. It's nice to see that that doesn't play in this case. Um, he's absolutely right. Every fight that's been canceled, the fighters should be at least be paid their show money. They trained, they put in the work, they put in the time. They went in and they went into their pocket to pay for their camps with the expectation that they would be getting that money back in their show money or at least some of it um, in their show money. So uh, the expectation was that when that contract was signed that they were going to be paid what they agreed on at the very least the show part. So he's right. Pay him. Uh, hopefully this, what he said, doesn't um, affect him going forward and the UFC doesn't just uh, release him or um, in some way give him a, a, a bad fight or put him on a, uh, a difficult path because he spoke up. Um, the UFC can be vindictive. And that's another way they keep folks in check. Um, and that's not just with the fighters. That's with the media as well. If you don't play ball, um, you, uh, you find yourself on the outside. And if you're a fighter and you don't, you don't play ball, you find yourself on a, maybe a more difficult path than you would have had if you uh, just shut up and played nice. So again, Peter Barrett interview with MMA Junkie from Saturday. Um, it's worth a read. And uh, I commend him for speaking up on something that we haven't heard too many people speak up about, considering that so many fights have been canceled. And the only people that I'm aware of that have been paid um, are the UFC London fighters. So, again, something to uh, to read there and something to keep an eye on and the UFC needs to keep being pushed on the fact that these folks who had signed deals on cards that were canceled need to be paid at least their show money. Yesterday I spoke a bit about Jeff Wagenheim's article on Henry Cejudo that was on ESPN. Um, basically Wagenheim made an argument that Cejudo is not acting like a uh, true UFC champion by trying to get fights with quote-unquote legends instead of fighting the fighters in the, the bantamweight division that have worked their way up to contender status. Uh, people like Aljamain Sterling, Peter Jan, um, Corey Sandhagen, those are all folks who have worked their way up the division um, and and probably, uh, I would say Sterling probably deserves the shot first. But Dominic Cruz, who hasn't fought for nearly four years, is going to get the title shot here on uh, UFC 249 on May 9th, which is not surprising since he's replacing 
Jose Aldo, who also didn't deserve that title shot. Uh, coming off one fight in the Bantamweight division, that was a loss. And uh, who really cares if Henry Cejudo or Dana White thought that Aldo won? He, he didn't. And even if he did, even if he had one fight in a division that has other legitimate contenders should not warrant a title fight in the UFC, but who knows what's going on these days. Um, you know, rankings are important when rankings are important to the UFC, and when they're not, they're not. So, that is what it is. But, um, yes, on t today, uh, MMA Junkie put out a story with an interview with Cejudo's manager, who is Ali Abdelaziz, and he said that if Cejudo gets past Cruz, he still wants to fight Aldo. And the logic here, according to Abdelaziz, is at the time we're in, there's no such thing as he's, he deserves it or not. Listen, let's be real. Aldo didn't deserve this by the numbers and by the rankings, but what Aldo has done throughout his career, what Dominic Cruz has done throughout his career, what Frankie Edgar has done throughout his career... And if you want to take the legends, listen, if Henry wins eight weeks later, he said he wants to fight Aldo. If we can get Aldo, he's going to fight Aldo. And then he continued and said, uh, still the next opponent is Jose Aldo. It's none of the other guys. This is what he wants, and this is what's a deal. He told the UFC, but I know Aldo has some travel issues or some visa issues. I don't know. But also, how are you going to say no to Aldo? This guy is one of the best lighterweights we've ever seen. How you say no to Aldo is fairly simple. You say, and you say the same thing you should have said to Cruz. Win some, and then you'll get a title fight. Um, this isn't like the uh, the women's featherweight division where there's only a handful of competitors, and you kind of need to pick somebody that might not deserve a title shot to, to, to keep the division rolling. There's plenty of bantamweights who have worked their way up through the ranks, who are on good winning streaks, who need, who deserve the, this title shot. And yeah, it deserve does matter in some, in some respects. Um, because how, 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 what other way are you going to, uh, to, to base these title shots on just because the guy's got a name, doesn't have any wins in the division, but he's got a name, hasn't fought for four years, but it's got a name. It doesn't cut it with me, um, and it shouldn't cut it with the matchmakers either. But it is, and it's kind of it's kind of the way that things are being run right now under this new uh, newer newer regime in the UFC. It's not it's not good. I'm it, is this a hill I'm gonna die on? No, but I'm gonna express my opinion that although it didn't deserve it, Cruz didn't deserve it. Um, I, I think Sterling deserves it, but we'll see what happens. I would also not be surprised, considering that Abdelaziz manages uh, Frankie Edgar, if this ends up being, if uh, if Cejudo pushes for a, if he if he gets through Cruz and. Aldo can't go for whatever reason. I would not be surprised if Abdelaziz pushed for a fight with Cejudo and Edgar because 
Why wouldn't he? He manages them both. Gets the double dip on that money. And uh, he comes away the big winner. Same thing he would do if um, Justin Gaethje beats Tony Ferguson and Gaethje can get a fight with Habib. Um, Abdelaziz manages both those folks. So, of course, he's going to want that fight. That's good for him. Might not be good for the folks he reps, but it's good for his pocket. And in this sport, I think money is often more important than uh, anything, really. So, disappointing. I don't think that Cejudo should get to pick these legends that he wants to fight. I think he should have to fight contenders. And if he fights... If he, if he beats Cruz and it's then Cruz and then Aldo or Cruz and then Edgar. Uh, if I was one of the other fighters in that division, I'd be I'd be pretty disappointed and pretty angry. Um, so, very, very disappointing. So, we found out today that UFC 249 is going to be in Florida, which is, was not much of a shock. I don't really have anything, I mean, I don't really have much to say about that right now. I think it's kind of a farce because you can't really say that um, a sport is an essential business. But Florida has done that, and so the UFC is going to to attempt to uh, put UFC 249 on down there. Um, I will say that I emailed the Florida Athletic Commission and that I asked specifically about COVID-19 and coronavirus testing, and I got kind of a boilerplate uh, answer, which was, you know, health and safety is important. They go by the rules, blah, blah, blah. No mention uh, of COVID-19 or coronavirus testing, which not a shock because the Athletic Commission probably has not met, but I would be surprised if they do meet before this event on May 9th. And I would be very surprised if they adopted anything um, related to that type of testing, which allows the UFC to get away with saying we did what we were required to do by the Florida Athletic Commission to stage this event, even if that, even if what they do is not satisfactory or um, it doesn't include COVID-19 and coronavirus testing and some type of, of uh, quarantine before the event. Um, again, read Ben Folks's, uh interview with the uh, epidemiologist and you will find that the UFC is is in deep um, deep trouble if it expects to hold an event that is... Um, safe, as safe as can be on May 9th. So I don't expect the uh, the May 9th event to go above and beyond to borrow something from Dana White as far as health and safety, but we shall see. Um, UFC has been asked about its testing policy, got a vague, very vague answer from Dana White, and again, Florida has has not said that they would have additional testing. Which brings me to my final topic here, and is why do people 
this whether this be fans or fighters believe everything that are even most things that Dana White says. He's been on record multiple times just stre- stretching the truth, lying. And so no matter what he says, though, if you make a point as a media member, you'll get an answer that from some fans that said, like today, I, I tweeted something about, I think, fighter pay and the canceled events. And, of course, the replies that I got were, well, Dana White says he's going to pay him or um, testing for this event that's coming up on COVID-19 and coronavirus. Well, Dana White said there's going to be testing. But Dana White also said the UFC London card was going to go on. Dana White also said that Habib and Tony were going to fight. Dana White also said that Jeremy Stevens was going to get out of jail to fight. There's a lot of examples of Dana White says not coming true. So I don't understand it. And when it comes to UFC 249, I'm, it's even more frustrating because now fighters are going to put their safety, their family's safety, the safety of uh, just random people they could run into on their travels to and from this event. They're going to put all that in the hands of Dana White, who has pretty much just said whenever when he's ever he's been asked about the testing for this event or any event that was scheduled for scheduled during this pandemic he's pretty much just rolled out the same response and that health and safety has always been important to the UFC it's not just because of the coronavirus we take health and safety seriously blah 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 but during those um, non-answers. He's 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 not addressed the COVID nineteen coronavirus testing. He just hasn't. So I don't understand why anyone would believe that this is going to be something special as far as testing goes, or why someone would be willing to believe Dana White when it comes to their health and safety and that of their family. So he White could surprise me. But I'm, I'm not going to really, I wouldn't bet on that happening. I really would not bet on any kind of uh, above and beyond testing for this UFC 249 event. And if, it, and if the testing is, as Daniel Cormier said for when this fight card was supposed to take place in California, you go to the event and you get scanned, that's vague at best. And also, what's testing on fight night going to tell you? If we listen to uh, the epidemiologist that folks spoke to, it's not going to tell you a whole lot. It's going to tell you what your status was at that moment. Um, according to him, there's a, to get a good test result, you would have to quarantine um, for a week or so. You get a test, quarantine for a week or two, get another test, and then move into another quarantine area if you were clear of that test. And I really don't see any of that happening, not for not for this event, because the timing just doesn't work. Unless the UFC moves these folks to Florida and gets them into a safe and secure spot before this weekend, um, this, this event is not going to be above and beyond when it comes to safety.
So there's a lot of moving parts going on in the MMA world right now. Um, and a lot of things to pay attention to. So please, please keep up on these things. Um, if you have worries about the testing, about anything really, just I, would, I wouldn't hesitate to um, express those fears and, and worries. Maybe somebody will pay attention. Um, I do think there is a more than 50-50 chance that this fight card goes off on May 9th. I would also question why Disney and ESPN is, are going to let this one happen when it's not much different than what was supposed to happen back in on um, April 18th. So there's a, there's a lot of things to consider here. Not a lot of positives either. So we shall see what will happen. Hopefully we'll find out the UFC has a, a great safety plan for this event. That's my hope. I'm not counting on it, but I would love to be surprised. I would love to be proven wrong, but we'll see. Um, and I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe. Thank you.